Streets and Scholars, episode 11, right? Yep, no doubt. <laughs> and it's Alex Alonso and FG tapping in live from Los Angeles. And um, what's been going on with you, man? Oh, man, just taking it easy. How everything been going with you? Oh, everything's cool, man. I just came back from Morro Bay. I took the family up to Morro Bay. Yeah, I meant to ask you, how was it up there? Yeah, it was cool. It was. I mean, if, if you like, if you like uh, scenery, right, right. You know the beach. It, it's just a small little town. Right, right. But I mean, I bet it was peaceful though. Oh yeah, it was real peaceful. You know, I I, I enjoy it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I didn't really ask my kids if they. Were. <laughs> I know my daughter loves it, but right. I, I don't know if my boys were bored. Well, you know, at the same time, no, there's something that still they're not going to forget. You know, when time's starting to get hectic on them, and whether it's school or work, or man, they're going to sit back one day and say, man, it was really peaceful up there. Yeah, for sure. They, at least they can, you know, they could tell their friends they went up there, and um, it was cool. We went off off the, uh, the, the big, huge rock they have up there, mm. and then they have all these squirrels that come running up to you, and these squirrels are, like, huge because they want you to feed them. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was crazy. Like, the squirrels really just walked up to... To your feet, yeah. and everybody's like, "Hey, what's going on?" <clears throat> right, right, right. We we scared of the squirrels. <laughs> They're so damn aggressive. But yeah, man, that's all I did, man. Just hung out there and um, and uh, drove up there. It's about three hour drive, about well, four hours, mm-hmm. something like that. Well, I'm glad you was able to get up there, man. Get some time off, man, and you know, got to spend that family time. But yeah, for sure, man. I try to do it, man. My kids are getting they're getting older now. It's gonna it's getting to a point where. I ain't going to be seeing my kids anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've been working on prom. I got prom coming up in two weeks. So yeah. been working on that with my daughter. So, But some people are excited about their kids leaving. For a minute, I thought I felt like that. But my daughter's been gone now. She goes to school. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm always asking her, hey, are you coming home for the weekend? Mm-hmm. She's like, nah, I'm busy. Right, 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 right. So I'm trying to figure out a way. How, to, how do I get her to come back home? Right. She's ready to live her life. Hey, you know what? But she's gonna come definitely. Believe that. I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed about that, man. Man, I could see you and your feelings, but that's your, <laughs> baby, that's your baby girl, though. So I my firstborn. Yeah, man. I get it. My firstborn. So what you been up to, though? Oh, nothing. Just working, man. You, you never know. did talk about that motorcycle uh, ride that you posted about on Instagram. That oh, down in Arizona. In Arizona. Oh man, that was awesome, man. You know that was the furthest I had ever rode. You did a video about it. I did a video about it on FG Unleashed. On YouTube, um, it was really nice, man. I'm talking about just the scenery, just to be out in the desert, just to be rolling, you know, and not to mention with a bunch of bikes. So you had the security of, you know, you're not worried about, you know, uh, it was it was, it was awesome, man. It was awesome. Yeah, they, it looked like um, y'all was deep. Oh, we was deep. Yeah, I rode out there with the Hub City Riders, man, and they treated, showed me so much love, man. And it was, it, it's really a bond that they have, you know, but... Like I say, just the ride itself, just to be so many bikes, just to see the smiles on happy faces. I mean, it, it was a good thing, man. We had a good time, man. So are you thinking of uh, linking up with one of these clubs at some point? You know what? At some point, man, it's like I always said I would never do it. You know what I mean? You know, because my perception of it is at first was, you know, I joined the gang once, you know, but, <laughs> you know, I used to make that joke all the time. But I do see the brotherhood. It is older men, working men, you know, men that have responsibilities and, and, and bills to pay and, you know, miles to feed. And uh, and when you are out there solo, it is a little, you know, it's just like they don't respect the solo guy so much, you know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, man, you know, hey, you never know. You ain't fully one of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but but I do be on, out on the bike set. I do like the scenery, you know what I mean? But Let me ask you this, because I've been to a couple of the clubs that are on Broadway or mm-hmm. Central Maine. I went to a couple of, you know, little events. And what I was shocked to learn is that some of these clubs actually have police that are members oh no doubt no doubt and it's, it's crips bloods yeah. and cops well you know that's where i love it at that's where the camaraderie come in at um arizona when i went out there really showed me you know black people as a whole with with gang members involved man really know how to act and really know how to hang out you know what i mean i'm really starting to push it down towards the youngsters because it's starting to see that the older guys know how to how to get down you know what i mean know how to chill know how to relax so you know, it's a cool, uh, cool environment. You know, even the ones on Broadway. <laughs> you know what I mean. So you don't mind the interaction with uh, the law enforcement, the cops that like to ride, also. Well, you know what? Um, I haven't had a personal interaction. If I did, I didn't know. You know what I mean. But I believe 
I have been around them, and they act like regular people because they are regular people. Yeah, no You doubt. know, some of them got a job just like, you know, I got a homegirl, been a long-time sheriff, and if you've brought her in a room, she going to laugh and joke and talk shit. You would never even know that, you know, they regular people. You know what I mean? But um, I don't um, practice fraternizing with law enforcement, but I do have some childhood friends who became law enforcement, and I don't mind them at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, and we're talking about mostly black cops. No, no doubt, no doubt. And no I think doubt. they leave that stuff at home when they come to the club, to the motorcycle set. You right? know what? They they regular people just like everybody else that sometimes they want to be accepted just like everybody else. And believe it or not, when they off duty, they off duty. You know, fight, break out. They not trying to be involved like, hey, I'm the law. You know what I mean? They don't give a shit just like the next person don't give a shit. So I can respect that part of it. Now, I remember when I would go to the Slauson's uh, annual... Um, I guess get together that they have every August at Holly Park. They used to do it at Sentinella. Mm -hmm. They do it at Holly Park now. They also invite not just the old school gangs from the fifties because you got the Slossons, mm -hmm. you got the businessmen, mm -hmm. you got the Roman twenties, um, you got um, the original Peblos before it was Bloods. Mm -hmm. But they also bring in the the bike cats. Right. But we talking about the bike dudes from the fifties. Chosen few? Yeah, yeah. You up on that one? Well, the chosen few, they want percenters now, you know what I mean? So they like the Hells Angels and the Mongols, you know, they, they're outlaw motorcycle club, you know, but I, I just was with them some the other night at the Rear Breed, you know, they was down there. And uh, so, you know, it's, 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 it's all those, my auntie, uh, my mother's sister, she's been in the LA Deuces since 1977. Remember, I grew up across the street from the Deuces. And um, she's 63, and she's still L.A. Deuce, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, so it's a rich history in some of those clubs, like you say, the Chosen Few and the, and the uh, L.A. Deuces, and, you know, a few of those clubs been around a very, very long time. Yeah, they, they go back to, uh, as I think some of them go back to the 60s, maybe the 50s. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how far back. Yeah. The Chosen, I think the Chosen Few is probably one of the oldest black clubs. Yeah, they probably one of the oldest. I think it is one older than that. I think really the East Bay Dragons, if you want to go take it, be technical, uh, up in up in Oakland, was maybe the first black um, uh, bike club, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So eventually somebody might convince you to. Uh, oh, they own me right now. Oh, they you own know, you. They own me, man. You know what I mean? I got everywhere I go, man. You know, come join us. Come join us. Come ride with us. You know, and 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 and, and it's an honor to. For guys that want you to come be a part of their club, you know, but at the same time, man, you know, it's it's, hey, man, I'm I'm trying to fight it, but I don't know, they they on my heels right now. Yeah, that seems like a difficult thing to try to handle, like because if you got multiple groups requesting you, it seems like at some point you got to make a decision, like if you want to go to these events, because, exactly, because exactly. they're looking at you as an independent. He's nah, not, no doubt, he's no not doubt. really one of us fully. Right, no, nah, that's got definitely, the Harley. yeah, that's definitely what they're doing. You know what I mean? And and and, but like you say, man, when you join something like that, I, I've always been this type of guy, and that's what my boy DT Woody from uh, Divided Times told me. He said, "F, just listen. If you join anything, just make sure that that's where you want to be because we don't do the flip flopping. You know what I mean?" Nowadays, you got guys that change clubs and stuff like that. You know, hey, you join, you 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 know, you ride it out, you know. But you you know, the, with the with the groups now, it's like older men, so people understand the work schedule, the family schedule. The, it's not that kind of pressure, you know what I mean? But it is. Um, hey, come wear our patch, man. Let's be together. Let's throw picnics. Let's have a little good time. And so right now, I'm juggling it right now. Well, this whole uh, conversation about motorcycle clubs made me think about. Uh, a shooting that one of the clubs had back in Texas. Um, and, and it happens here. You know, I actually had a couple of people from where I grew up at a, at a spot. I think, I'm not sure if it was on Broadway, but something happened mm -hmm. and bullets got to flying right. inside of the, uh, of the spot. And we often think that, okay, this is a place where people are getting along, there's bloods, there's crypts, there's everybody. But then you hear about the occasional drama that can pop up. Mm. Did, do you think about that as a, you know, as a pyro, but then you're also entering the space where there's people that are part of the motorcycle club that were once your rival? No, no doubt. Um, I had, and I had ran into some, you know, luckily we were both on a mature level to just give each other that look like this was 20 years ago. We would be trying to kill each other. You know what I mean? But, um, and you got to be cautious of that, you know, and I'm the type of dude I'm going to step out, whether it's on Broadway, whether it's on central where there's on you know i'm gonna get out there you know so you do have those aspects but sometimes what i am seeing is that 
when you're in a serious, serious beef with somebody in your regular life or former life and you run into these people, sometimes it's on site no matter what, if you was at church. <laughs> so you just happen to meet at the motorcycle club. It gives a bad name for the motorcycle set, but this wasn't a motorcycle incident per se. You know what I mean? And um, but but when you mix alcohol and you know men, you know at any time, you know sometimes um, things can get out of hand. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the only thing I I, I think about. I I still wouldn't trust it, even though it's supposed to be a cooler heads prevailing all the time. I just always hear about that occasional that occasional drama that happens. But I don't know if you um, heard about this shooting because it happened years ago. Mm-hmm. I think it happened in 2015, but it was a shooting amongst motorcycle dudes. I forget the club. I'll look it up in a second. Mm-hmm. But when we were talking about that Sacramento shooting, I said that I had never really heard no shooting like this where you know six people are shot, dead, 12 are injured. But there was a shooting in 2015 in Waco, Texas, where I think there was like a... Like a hundred people shot. Yeah. And it, it was all based in the motorcycle Right, sets. right, right. You ever heard this shooting? I haven't. Oh, man, it was crazy. Um, so it, it was so crazy that the prosecutors that wanted to, they, they wanted to charge everybody. They arrested a whole bunch of people. Not one single person talked. You know what? I, okay, no, nah, that's coming back. That's coming back. They arrested I, like a hundred people. I remember that. I remember that. And this I is, I think that. these are white boys. Yeah, I remember that. Exactly. And the prosecutor couldn't even prosecute. He couldn't nail it down. And what was so amazing about that is that they were so deep and not one person talked. Hey, man, that's hard <laughs> to get five people not to tell, right? Hey, man, they stood by the code on that one. You know what I mean? They stood by the code. I, I do remember that, Alex. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, maybe we'll talk about it on another episode. We go deeper into it. But nine people killed. Yeah. Texas prosecutor drops all charges. Yeah. This is in 2019, so it's four years later. Mm-hmm. Prosecutor drops all charges against everyone they arrested for those nine murders. Well, you know, you got to realize when you got hundreds of people, 200 people, 300 people, even 500 people. Somebody get to shoot, you can't nail it down. To, especially, even if you arrest somebody, you can't always, unless you have a witness to come get on the stand and say, I was standing next to this dude when he did it. Outside of that, I mean, you go in murder, you got to be without a reasonable, you know, beyond a doubt. You know what I mean? And uh, they probably saw that they couldn't even get close to that. Well, Which is unfortunately, though, not to cut you off, but not to, it's unfortunate for the victims and their families, though. But at the same time... Um, you don't want to falsely convict nobody either, you know. Exactly. Well, they arrested 177 bikers. Damn. A grand jury indicted 155 of them on charges of organized crime and the nine murders. Mm-hmm. But four years later, they dropped all charges. Man. And I think that's a testament to just if you keep your mouth shut and ride it out, you're going to come home. No, no doubt. They, they, they don't understand that. A lot of people don't understand that. You know what I mean? It seemed like that should be in the rule book when you, you know, getting trained to be out here in these streets. That listen, man, if you shut your mouth home, you'll come on home. You know what I mean? And even though these are white dudes, you know, we, we don't really see a lot of white street dudes in L.A. growing up. Right. But you go to other cities, other towns, you know, there's white people that's with the business. Oh, no doubt. You know? No doubt. You, <laughs> you know, know you man? go to Detroit. I went to Detroit and all those white dudes was thugging. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. In L.A., you, I don't think there's like one community in L.A. where white dudes thugged out i think maybe back in the 70s and 80s in venice Mm -hmm. there were some white dudes thugging but for the most part we don't really get to see white street dudes well the funny thing about it which is ironic and me and you haven't even discussed this i was just talking this morning and uh and i was like do the white boys have any projects in america have you ever heard of a white project they have trailer parks and that's the exact (laughs) answer oh oh, man that's the exact answer i got they have trailer parks that's exactly if if you want to run across some white thugs you find you the trailer parks in those towns and they those those are the guys that are with the business so yeah um you know these white dudes in waco texas man Mm. they just sat in jail and and kept their mouth shut and eventually got all charges dropped which i was shocked i mean not one dude's getting charged not i mean when it comes to that kind of stuff now if it would have been a vandalism they would have been probably more kind of got a could have got a conviction out of vandalism or something more widespread but when it comes to that murder man you kind of really have to have some hard evidence to 
But it's like what you just said. I, I'm, I'm reading this right now. It said prosecutors struggled to prove who was at fault in the melee because it was a battlefield situation. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, I'm like, why are these motorcycle dudes tripping that hard? At this stage, and then these aren't youngsters. No, not at all. These ain't eighteen-year-old dudes. These are grown men. These are grown men. Yeah. And like I say, listen, man. When you get to talking about alcohol, when you get to talking about when we in L.A., so when you get to talking about all these neighborhoods conforming on one function, you know, uh, sometimes those outside beats from man, dude killed my homie back in in in, in '92 or. You know, these sort of things, you know, this dude beat up my sister in, in, in 89 or, you know, when these type of things get on the set, you know, it, it, it's going to cause issues and sometimes nobody can't stop them. The problem is that, or with me, which I see is just like I was in Arizona, I ran into some, some homies from everywhere, you know what I mean, all, from all different bike sets. So if I was to get into one of your club members, who do y'all roll with, me as a homie or your bike set as a as a as a as a bike set, you know, and that's the question that I'm trying to figure out now because, you know, if we power rules over here or Crips or anything, and then you got another club with power rules and Crips over here, is it a club thing? About it's almost like some paperwork type stuff. It is. You know I was what about I mean? to say it's yeah, another yeah, way of being yeah, cut. Yeah, yeah, right. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and that's the institution I don't believe in. You know, my personal uh, preference. You know, but but uh, so that's where I'm trying to see with all these. But on the flip side, it, it, it's fun out there, man. You know, and to be a part of a club, don't get me wrong, is uh, when I watch them, I, um, I smile when I see them because they look good, man. They in, uni- in, in, in sync with each other. They have each other backs, you know what I mean? And I do like that. Yeah, that is interesting the way you characterize it because while you were saying that, I was thinking it's, it's, another, it's another form of being cut to, to a certain degree, even though it ain't. It don't got the prison politics behind it. Right, right. But, but is there motorcycle some, politics? Yeah, it's still some politics <laughs> behind it. It's definitely motorcycle politics. And I'm learning them, you know what I mean? I'm like, you know, I didn't know certain things about the bike set. Still don't know everything. Still doing my due diligence, you know what I mean? But like I say, man, you know, I'm, I'm fighting it, but, I, you know. So what is, what is it like being on uh, one of those hogs? Because I've never actually rode one before. Well, you know what? Um, I, I, I read an article that said this. You would never catch a, a Harley outside of a therapist's office, outside of a shrink's office. You know what I mean? It's a it's a feeling, man. And like I say, uh, when you get out in that wind, um, sometime I ride my bike to come see you, man, and that's my best feeling of the week. You know, to get on that freeway, to get in. I'm not, I'm only riding, you know, so many miles, but at the same time, it, it's a great feeling. I always say, man, I'm gonna get out there and let my hair blow in the wind. Of course, I don't have any, but that's my <laughs> that's my feeling. You know what I mean? And and and. I believe until you have a motorcycle, you know, or it's other outlets. But for me, and if you have a motorcycle, man, I'm talking about, man, you can re- you, you you should not be stressed out too much, you know. At least you can you have an outlet to get out and you know. So yeah. explain that to me because you're saying it, it's a way to clear your mind. It's a way to uh, I guess reflect. It's a way to uh, think about or not think about certain things. Exactly. You know, when you're on your hog, you're not thinking about no bills. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're not thinking about, you know, what the supervisor wants you to do when you get back to work on Monday. You know what I mean? You're thinking about at this moment, not to mention if it's clean enough, you're getting a reaction from people, the thumbs up. You know, it's a it's an inspirational thing as well. You know what I mean? It's a it's a it's a small status, you know, thing. You know what I mean? It's all those things in ones, but the ride itself no matter if you're on a Harley or any kind of other motorcycle, um, it's the ride itself, man, that's, that's, that's relaxing. Is it more enjoyable when you're on a long stretch in like a rural area where it's just mountains and trees and bushes, or do you get the same feeling when you're going through the city life? No, the city life is a little different. The little city life is, is a different mindset, you know, and just like everything else, you're going to have a music, a, a certain uh, song you're going to play going through the desert or going through the, you know, uh, highway opposed to you, you know, going down the, the TN freeway, you know. But all in all, it's all the same feeling as far as the, you know, the uh, the freeness. You feel free. You cool. feel free, yeah. Well, yeah, uh, I saw my boy Bosco. He started recently riding. He came over here a couple times on it. I was like, oh, wow, you, you into it too. It's like, is it like once you do it, once you try it, you kind of get addicted? You do get addicted, you know, like right now I got 11 riders that, that none of us in the club. You know, everybody got bikes, you know. Um, 
we really wanted to start our own, you know what I mean? Our own chapter per se, you know what I mean? And we were in, a, uh, we're actually in talks right now, but I think we just came to the conclusion that we all work, we all have families, we all have responsibilities that we can't just be out on the bike set like that. We would like to start our own because you would like to have your own clubhouse, like to generate your own money, like to have people come, respect your club and have a good time, you know. Me having the, the um, uh, club background, you know, I know that I could turn a clubhouse or a motorcycle chapter into a profitable fund endeavor but at the same time man you still talking about all the responsibilities of the rest of your life you know so yeah. we just gonna get up and man 11 of us and ride out to malibu man that malibu ride was one of the most awesome rides i had in a long time to ride down the coast pacific coast highway most people don't have coasters that they can ride down you know <laughs> yeah. so you ride down pch man all the way out there to malibu and the feel that you get alex looking at the ocean looking at Pepperdine and looking at all the things that you see when you own a uh, Pacific Coast Highway it, I mean it's, it's it's crazy well I can I could give the picture to all of the listeners right now because I can tell them go to Google Maps right now and go pull up PCH Highway and the 10 freeway start from that point on Google Maps and then go north on PCH which is also the one the right? one it's yes, also the one. one. And you can go up that one on Google Maps and see how beautiful it actually is. Man, you can do that. You can do that from anywhere in the world and you'll get a uh you, you could actually get an understanding of what FG is talking about right now because it is an incredible ride. Um uh, even in a car. I even love in driving a car, down yeah. uh, the PCH. But uh all right, man, let's um let's get into one of these topics. Um there's this police officer man named Van Dyke. What is his name? full name? Van Dyke. He killed he killed a brother a few years back. I believe this happened in 2018, and they charged him. They federally charged him. They found him guilty. He was sentenced to six years in prison, but he got out in three. Yeah, got out just in February. How, how do you get 50% in, in the feds? I thought the feds was 85%. No, that was a state case. That You sure that was a state case? I'm almost positive that that was a state case. Okay, I thought it was a Fed case because yeah. I'm a little confused because now they want the Feds to charge now him. Now they want the Feds to charge. See, it was a state case. Now they want the Feds to charge him. He got 81 months in the state, Yeah, which was not nearly enough because if you see the video clip of this boy, he, he lied for one, but he murdered this kid, man. I mean, he could have shot this kid one time, Alex. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. And, and he shot him 16 times, emptied the clip on the guy, you know, and, and I mean, just murdered the guy. So they did end up filing murder charges on him. He did get found guilty, and uh, they gave him 81 months because they gave him the second degree. Now, the problem that I have with that is, is if you look at the video, the kid had a three-inch knife, you know. And, yes, he was on drugs, but he had a three-inch knife, and where they lied at, uh, the officer said that he lunged at him. But if you look at the video, which came out later because they didn't put the video out you know, while they were making these excuses, when they finally put the video out, man, the kid was 15, 20 feet away from him. Before, and they shot him, um, emptied the clip on him, man. It was, it was real sad. But on the federal side, they wanted to, um, since he only did so many, three years off of six, which he should have did just 30 off of 60, you know what I mean, for this murder. Um, the family and other people wanted the feds to come pick it up and retry him on it, and that's what was going on. All right, I was confused for a minute because I thought initially the feds charged him, and I'm like, well, if the, if the feds charged him the first time, why didn't they add that um, civil rights violation charge in it originally? So I got it now. He, he got prosecuted by the state. He got out. They want the feds to charge, but the feds are saying... Well, the feds are saying this. The feds are saying that it would have been harder to... Um, get a conviction in the feds because they have a higher level of uh, degree of what you need um, evidence. So, but the family, a lot of the family members were saying, yeah, we want the feds to retry and refound but the uncle, he's a reverend. The uncles came and said that, listen, we really don't want the feds to retry because if the feds retrying and convicting, guess what's going to happen to hundreds and hundreds of black men now? They're going to start getting them out the states, retrying them, oh. and they're really going to have a ball. That was the uncle ideology, that they're going to, this is going to really backlash on to, to young black men. And um, he was the one who told the family to eventually start to tell the feds that, listen, we're we not going to push for the retrial, you know. Yeah, because the, the federal offense would be violating the civil rights of Mr. Laquan, uh, what's his name, Laquan McDonald. 
Because technically, any of us can get charged with violating someone's civil rights if we shoot, hurt, assault, kill. And if the state prosecutes us, that's supposed to end our our case. Right. This is when we talked about that double jeopardy. Double jeopardy. I was going to mention yeah. that. Yeah. And, and, you know, they did it with the dudes who beat up Rodney King. They beat state case. And, you know, I, I was all for those cops going to prison, but I'm scared of this double jeopardy. Right, right, right. When, when the feds can come in and charge you with a slightly different right. offense, but for the same thing, that's scary to me. Well, that's what the uncle was scared of. Yeah. You know what I mean? I agree with the uncle on right. that. But I also am disappointed that a dude only does 40 months in jail, which is what, uh, 12, 24, 36, that's three, three, and year, a half, three yeah. years and four months. Right. That ain't nothing. No, nah, that ain't nothing. That <laughs> that. that. I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because I'm just shocked. Well, that's the thing about it. Um, I read the article a few times. Read a few articles on it. Was disappointed, but it wasn't until I saw the video that I was hurt. You know what I mean? I'm talking about it. It kind of like you know what I mean. And I'm not an emotional guy like that. I'm talking about man. When I saw this kid, how he did this kid, man. Even the other officer had to tell because dude went to reload his gun. The other officer had to tell him, oh, hey, 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 hold up. You know what I mean? That's crazy. You know, not to mention this cop. Um, do you have the cop's name right there? I knew it for a second. but Van Dyke. Van Dyke. Van Dyke also had complaints of racial, pro, uh, uh, racial uh, slurs, um, pulling guns out on people, pointing them at them in situations that didn't need to be. He had 15 complaints on him and was never reprimanded for not a single one of them. That's unbelievable. I'm about to put a picture of Officer Van Dyke, Jason Van Dyke, on on the Street.TV Instagram page for those who want to get a look at this crazy cop. Um, which, what's really crazy is that there were a bunch of cops on the scene. Mm -hmm. He's the only one that shot. Look, there was <laughs> cops on the scene 10 minutes before he got there. Within six seconds of him getting in, getting out his vehicle. Within six seconds of him getting out his vehicle. He killed his kid, man. Yeah, this this is definitely a case where this one cop went rogue. One cop went rogue. The other cops followed this kid down the street, kind of corralled him into where, like, a, a area where he wouldn't, you know, hurt nobody else. He was on drugs, you know what I mean? Um, had a three-inch knife, 20 feet away, and you fear for your life, you know what I mean? Not to mention when you go back, because once you shoot this kid, you, they're going to go back and look at your file. You have 15 complaints, 15 unanswered complaints. Now, that part right there, I believe, falls on the, the part. You know, this guy got all kind of complaints, and you didn't um, address any of them. Now, he killed a kid, and you guys have all this information, and you give him 81 months in the state, which in different states, you know, you only going to do so much time. Man, that was a real foul play right there. Yeah, and this is an old case. This this happened in 2014. They charged the cop in 2018. And the reason why we're talking about it now is because the federal government just announced that they will not seek out uh, federal charges against Officer Jason Van Dyke. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of like mixed feelings about it because I don't. I don't like the federal government coming in and charging people again for the same exact thing. Well, you know what? I, I can't say that. I, I'm, I agree with you 100% on that. At the same, I don't want to see him get reconvicted. I wanted to see him get the time the first time. Or you know at least I mean? he got six years. Um, well, I don't know how Michigan, I mean, um, Illinois does their uh, prison sentence. I guess they do 50%. Well, they should have gave him <laughs> 20 and make him go do 10. I mean, you know, to go do three years. And, and, listen, if you didn't have a video, if you didn't have the knowledge to understand and how everything went, that's one thing. But when it's clear, man, it just because you're a cop, don't make it right or don't make it better because anybody else would have. I mean, hey, man, you know, I, I that was crazy. 16 times the brother was shot. He emptied out the whole magazine. He dropped him with the first shot. If you look at the video, yeah, um, I'm just I'm just shocked at these officers who clearly go rogue, who clearly violate the law. And we talked about this before with the um, the deputy here in Compton that shot Ryan Twyman. They don't they don't charge them with murder, first degree murder. They charge them with lesser offenses. Right. So they don't end up getting shorter jail time. At least in this one, uh, they gave him a second-degree murder and aggravated battery um, charge. But, damn, only 81 months. Right, you didn't give him the time to come with it, though. How do you get 81 months for second-degree murder and aggravated battery? 
That that sentence doesn't make sense to me. No, not at all. But at the same time, don't forget it's a buddy system in some of those from, from the police department to the judges. It's a buddy system. You know what I mean? Even though they had to, I mean, they had to convict this guy. It wasn't no way around it with, with, with all the evidence. But at the same time, he won on the back end with the sentence, you know. Well, th there's one thing for sure is that uh, Officer Van Dyke or former Officer Van Dyke, he'll never be a cop in any city, any town because he's got that conviction unless he appeals this conviction and gets it overturned. But if that doesn't happen, he'll never be a cop again. So that's that's one good thing. Well, I don't believe he'll ever be a cop again, but you, you can't. Got, you got to understand this. He's got, a, he's got a conviction. No, no doubt. But at the same time, how many people in high power places in his town to say, hey, come over here and work with us? You no. know, oh, well, that would be. And, and for, for, for a handsome dollar based on, you know, we believe in the same thing that you believe in. You know, let's get rid of these blacks. Well, I have heard of cops getting rehired after they had the tr charges dropped. Or I mean, not as a cop. I'm just saying in general, as a somebody who's owned a business that's oh yeah, you know what I mean. He man, listen, man, somebody gonna pick him up quick. Oh yeah, he'll get hired somewhere doing something, but there's no way. I mean, I will give somebody, I will give you a thousand dollars right now. I'll give you five thousand dollars if this guy gets rehired as a cop. Oh no, he probably never be a cop again. Um, the only way that could happen is if he if he gets his case overturned. If he, I'm sure he's gonna appeal because he went to trial, you know, and. He still has his appeal rights. And some of these cops have actually appealed their convictions and got them overturned. You know what? I don't think he will in his case because the judge probably told him, hey, check this out, man. I showed you all the love that you're ever going to get. <laughs> exactly. Your ass down somewhere. So he may not appeal. And he might have I mean? said, hey, I talked to the feds and they're not going to charge you either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so go sit your ass down. Exactly. And enjoy the rest of your life, which is sad because this 16-year-old uh, is dead. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, man, that's unfortunate that... Uh, the brother Laquan uh, lost his life over, uh, I guess, a, you said it was a three-inch knife? Three-inch knife. Man. See, that reminds me of the uh, the Eula Love case that I talked about that happened in Athens Park in 1979. Mm, exactly. See, there were no cameras back then. Exactly. There were no body ca cameras. There was really no surveillance. No ring doorbells. Yeah, yeah. But what the cop did in that case in 1979 is not much different from this. If, right. if that happened, if, if that happened today, that cop would get charged. You know, it, with the right prosecutors. Right, but, right. But in 1979, they did nothing about it, man. All right, man. Let me. I wanted to talk about this other thing. I don't know if you heard about this, and I really didn't know a lot about it because I don't follow a lot of these young rappers. But there's this rapper out in um, Florida named YNW Melly. Mm -hmm. I think it's Melly. I, I wrote here Mellows. Melly. Yeah, yeah Melly. YNW Melly. You know what the YNW stands for? Um, I don't. Young Nigga World. Oh, wow. Yeah, wouldn't <laughs> so, have got that one on the Jeopardy. Yeah. But, but he, he has a whole crew of other artists. He's like the leader of this. Right, thing. right, so right. So everybody's YNW something. Right. Hey, this dude decided that he was going to smoke two of his own homies. Got them in the car. They chilling. They, they driving out somewhere a little far. These dudes don't even know what's going on. Right. They, they get somewhere. And they shoot both of them execution style. Then they shoot up the car to make it look like it was a drive-by. Um, Melly's homeboy takes the two dead dudes to the hospital to make it look like a drive-by. And the cops figure this shit all out and um, charge the dude with, with murder. And this dude was a, a successful rapper. Right. This dude was making hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, he was on. He was already yeah, up yeah, there. Yeah, he was doing his little thing. Worked with Kanye West. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, worked with Kanye West. And his trial was supposed to start last week. And right now they're in the, in the middle of, well, they just postponed jury selection. Right. But let me tell you what's crazy about this. I was videotaping a book signing here in L.A. back in 2017. And this dude was there. Oh, is that right? But I didn't know who he was. Right, right, no doubt. I was just shooting footage. Yeah. I was just shooting footage, and he was there, you know, doing his thing. And he was shooting a little video. And then I got footage of him, and I also got footage of the dude he killed. Oh, wow. They're there together. Damn. And uh, it was just bizarre, but uh, it's it's going gonna, gonna to be a huge case. His real name is Jamel, get this, Demons. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's the way his name is pronounced. I right. was I was watching some of the the news on this. His name is Jamel Demons, and he's actually facing the death penalty. No doubt, because you know Florida don't play. No, no doubt. You know they were down there in Broward County, man. And, you know <laughs> they're gonna get the head knocked in. But I'm gonna tell you like this: what I think, my personal opinion only. His his boy Corey gonna um, 
Is it YNW Corey or something? Is Cole defending? No. He going to roll, man. Probably. From, from, from what I'm seeing, from what I've saw, you know what I mean? They got separate trials. Um, uh, I, I think the boy Corey finna roll on him, man. Yeah, they, they uh, separated them out. They're going to have two different trials. His is coming up, I guess, three months from now or right. something like that. But, you know, there's been a couple of rappers, I can't remember their names, but they might have been Meek Mill uh, that are saying, oh, uh, my boy Melly's innocent, you know, so that he's got a little bit of support still in the hip hop world. Oh, no, he got some support. He also posted yesterday via his uh, Twitter account or something that, uh, you know, he said he's going to be home in a minute, you know, so he have some uh, feeling that he, you know, he got some action, you know, but the thing about it is... uh, if if whatever Corey knows, if he just be quiet, not that I'm condoning them killing two friends, you know, that's that's foul right there, you know. But I don't know what the friends did or nothing like that. But I mean I don't know if it was worth their 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 lives. But um I, I just I don't know. I'm I'm gonna say this you know, you know, just so you can see where I stand, I think Corey ain't gonna be able to hold his mud. Man. Hey, we we're gonna find out shortly. The two uh the two victims that uh they're alleged of killing is Anthony Williams, who was twenty one. Christopher Thomas Jr., who was 19, they're both from Florida. Kids. And they're both of, of this YNW crew. But you know what? It's it's really, I mean, the way he did it, that's kind of crazy. But growing up here in L.A., you know, you, you grow up in an area, you grow up in your neighborhood, and everybody's homies, everybody's friends, and you know that when you cross that side of the freeway or you cross this street, that's where we got to be careful. So we're all tight-knit. We got mm-hmm. each other's back. But at a certain point, you find out or you realize that, hey, one of the homies killed another homie. Yeah. And when that started happening, I started thinking like, wow, if, if, if people can kill each other within their own neighborhood, then nobody's safe around here. Man, ain't nobody safe. <laughs> I thought we were safe. I thought all of us were right, safe as right, we are together. Right, right. But one of y'all might be plotting against another one of us. And I started seeing that in the late 80s, early 90s, and I started thinking, like, wow, homies killing homies. You started to see it also when the money came around. You know, when people got to selling the drugs or people got to hustling or pimping or whatever they were doing out there and the money came around, you know, jealousy breeds envy. You know what I mean? So maybe, you know, you wasn't getting as much on your block as I was over here getting on my block and the money. Because when we didn't have money, Alex, in the 80s, what nothing, it was all love, you know. And money and females, man, and they the ones that, that twist and turns and, you know, homie will kill you over a female, you know what I mean? I done been in a situation where the homie liked the, the homegirl way too much and, you know what I mean, it was vesting feelings that, you know what I mean, uh, you know, hey, homie, well, nobody knew you felt like that, you know, but was cold killers, you know what I mean? And, 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 and it was sad. I started to watch it just like you, early 90s. Man, you know, you start to see it a little more often. There, there are actually some hoods in L.A., I ain't going to say the hoods, but some hoods in L.A., most of their victims are all internal. There's some hoods that most of their homies was killed by their own homies. Well, you know, I'm off the east side of Compton, so you know (laughs) what I mean? You know, it's it's not new. You know, it does happen. You know, like I say, you know, um, or allegedly, it it, it happens, man, you know, and um, and, and it's it's a cold thing. So not only do you got to watch your homies, you got to watch your enemies, you know. But as we get older, it seems like your enemies become your friends and your homies become your enemies. That's you know? crazy, yeah. And yeah, it's a cold world out there. No, but, you know, where, where you're from over there on the east side in the 70s, it was all unity over there. Oh, no doubt. 70s, 80s. 80s, man. I come up in the 80s and the thing about it, Alex, it was so much love, right, that, and I'm not trying to disrespect no gang members out there today. I don't see what the hell they see today. Because if you, I understand back in the day, you know what I mean? It was love, man. You know, now it's like, you know, friends hate friends. And I mean, you know, you know, it's crazy. So when I read this, this YNW Melly situation where he, you know, he allegedly killed two of his homies from his same crew, it's not unusual. This is not, you know, unheard of, you know? It's not, but I just really, I, I probably would never know. What did these two young men do that was so foul that it that that you somebody needed to take their life as allegedly if it was Melly? What did your homies do that was so foul, bro? You had to, you couldn't get at them, run that fade, or get them DP'd, or you know what was so foul you had to say, nah, it's over for them. I think I read one article where the 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 state is alleging 
that one of these two dudes was going to get $200,000 from a record company. And I guess Melly wasn't feeling that. (laughs) So this is back to what you said, women and money. But um, I don't don't know what it's about. But this dude seems pretty confident that he's going to beat this case. Yeah, I see his pictures (laughs) in the paper and on on YouTube and stuff. And he keeps a little smile and a little stuff on his face. Like, you know, hey, man, you know, maybe he trying to say it wasn't me. You know what I mean? But... Do you listen to a lot of um, rap music from dudes that are from this age group, like 20 years old, 21, 22? No, yeah. I don't, but I have a 19-year-old son. So he sends me jewels. He puts me up on a, 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 like a young rapper. I don't know if you ever heard him, Polo G. And, uh, man, that boy be going, though. You know what I mean? So, But some of the stuff I can't even listen to, but my son, he kind of filling me out and know what kind of stuff I like. Some of these dudes really got some... Um, Got some little flow in them, you know what I mean? You know now the shit they talking about, you know. And but, but uh, yeah, I'm, you know, I mean, I'm be listening to some old school shit. Yeah, man. Well, this is gonna be a big trial in uh, Florida. Uh, very well known rapper for those who are unaware of him. I, I really wasn't up on, on YNW Melly until this whole situation happened, and didn't even know that I had footage of the young brother yeah. going back to uh, 2017, and I got footage of the guy allegedly that he killed. So I'm gonna be keeping my eye on this trial. I'm kind of interested in seeing how much of the music becomes part of the evidence i don't like i don't know in when you were dealing with cases back in the 90s there weren't too many homies making rap videos and doing music right right and and, or had video or had uh, social media didn't exist exactly but now if you catch a case prosecutors are like hey pull up his instagram account right right. pull up his twitter exactly let's let's pull up his facebook and then that becomes part of the evidence part of the evidence part of the discovery to prosecute exactly right right. so apparently they're going to use some of his music he he actually has a song called like i don't remember like killing you (laughs) you know he got a song and they're gonna i think they're gonna try to enter that as evidence uh what do you think about how they can use social media and music videos against you well, you know, I mean, the first time I kind of really was up on it was when the boy Bobby Schmurder had that song, and he mentioned about uh, about a week ago. You know, we just got a body about a week ago, you know, and apparently it was some truth to that when he made that song, you know, and they went on to come on and put him on trial for a body that he, that same one he was really talking about. So some of these dudes is getting up in these songs really stating facts and, and, and me knowing some of the shit that goes on the intricate part of, uh, of my side of town, some shit I can hear from some of the rappers on my end and I know that you ain't just rapping. That really was some real shit that happened on that street or something. You know what I mean? But um, but um, dude just got to be mindful, man. But I don't think just making a song, I mean, there's so many people that have made songs about killing and this and that. You know, Pac sit up there and said, you know, I'm kill your whole family. You know, but that don't mean he was going to do it, you know what I mean? So I'm sure at yeah. some point there got to be a line drawn where, man, this is a, actually just a song opposed to you talking about a specific situation. I'm sure if uh, your old attorney, DiGiacomo, was still around, you know, he would have ways of challenging entering that type of stuff as evidence because he seemed like he was a pretty on-top-of-his-thing type of lawyer. No, he was thorough and he would have, you know what I mean? And he, he, he told me stuff that I t- looked him in his face and I said, man, that'll never work, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it actually worked, you know, and, and, and I was like, wow. You know, some, some of these attorneys, you know, really have ways to go about certain situations that, um, that, that, that it don't sound right, but shit, it, it, it worked. Yeah, because you could actually file motions to prevent some of this stuff like rap videos and lyrics coming into to your uh, trial. But ultimately, it's the judge's decision what he's going to allow and what he's not going to allow. And oftentimes, man, the judges be letting this stuff come in. Well, you know, um, they might do, but that don't mean just because the evidence come in that that's going to get the conviction. You know, if you especially if you got if, if it's a decent attorney that knows how to argue that. These are lyrics from a whole set. It's about swaying that jury at the end of the day. You know, it's about still being a people person, which I didn't realize and understand, you know, in my earlier days. It's still about swaying the people to believe whether you're right or wrong. It's getting the jury to believe that you're not wrong or, or you're right. You know what I mean? So um, I think um, I thought everything was case law and facts, and sometimes it's not always that. 
Yeah, so the two the two guys that he's alleged of of killing, I gave you his government name, I gave you guys their real names, but their names are their rap names are YNW Juvie and YNW Sack Chaser. Damn. Those are the two from his crew that the state of Florida is alleging that that Melly shot and killed. Hey, isn't it crazy that if you know, if, if the state's theory is correct that they tried to cover this up by I guess shooting the car up then actually driving it to the hospital saying, hey, we just got caught up in a drive-by shooting. Because with the way forensics is today and the way cops be right, analyzing right, stuff right, right. and looking at bullet holes and trajectories and exactly. how the individuals were shot, there's no way you're going to get away with that. No way you're going to get away <laughs> with that, man. I mean, you know, I mean, and that's the thing. Look, if, 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 if I don't want to give out negative advice, <laughs> but listen, youngsters, if you thinking about covering some shit up, knock it off. You know what I mean? Because they have so many tools and like you say, so many the trajectory of the bullet into the car, it couldn't have went in this way, you know. And I actually had a situation like that when I was younger and I tried to outsmart a highway patrol, you know, and he just said, Listen, son, you know what I mean? And 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 just pull my car just right there. You know what I mean? So that slick shit, it ain't gonna work like that. They might have been better enough just knocking them down and getting up out of there. You know, they might have had a better chance at that, but that alibi and all the lies and the, nah, man, knock it off. Man. What you just said right there, um, it made me think of the handful of comments that uh, we've both received that are claiming that we condone violence, that we are signing off on a lot of this stuff. Well, that's why I try my best <laughs> when I say something to try to come back because I don't condone it. But don't get me wrong, I have to look at it from both sides because I'm from that side of the train tracks, yeah. you know what I mean? Where, you know, I come from that side of the street. There's no question of who I am and what I used to be about. But at this day and age, man, trust me, you know, I got kids and I got families and I don't want to see innocent people. Now, when you get to talking about gang members and shit, I'm going to just call a spade a spade, you know what I mean? But um, I, but, but I am saying knock off that dumb shit, trying to cover up something like that, you know, yeah. not trying to give no advice on how to get away. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I'm just saying, damn, that was dumb. That was stupid. Yeah. I mean, without I, I, I feel the same way. I'm not giving advice, but there's no way you're going to outsmart law enforcement by trying to shoot up the car and then deliver the victims to the hospital and them not figure out what really happened. They have scientists that analyze the cars, the bullet holes, the the entry wounds. They have a coroner that's going to do an autopsy, and the coroner is going to tell the police exactly how they were shot, exactly how their bodies were positioned. Again, I'm not giving advice out there, but you got to be really um, living in a whole other time zone, or not a time zone, time error, if you're not going to realize that law enforcement is going to figure this out. Not to mention, like you said, you got cameras on every corner damn near. They can damn near track you from, once they get a bead on you from one gas station or one street corner uh, cam, I mean, they, you know, it ain't going to add up, man. Yeah, and um, I, I, don't, I don't condone none of this, but I may sound like I'm not as critical as the next person is, is because I grew up around stuff like this. I come from parents and families that the best answer to fix a problem was violence. Right. Oh, they snatch your purse? Oh, okay. They, well, they, they don't want to give it back? Okay, then we got to go over there and handle it. No doubt. If they're no going to get my mom's purse back. I mean, I'm, I'm giving you real scenarios. Right. They took, they took mommy's purse? Yeah, they took it. Who got it? It's on that street. Who, who You saw who took it? Yeah. You think these people are going to give that purse over nicely? Right, right, no, right. You got to right. go over there and you got to push a line. No doubt. And sometimes the only way that purse is being returned back is by violence. So do I condone it? No. But I have seen violence used to solve many of problems, small and big. So no, no doubt. I'm not no. here trying to support or condone it, but I, it frustrates me when people actually think, like, I'm, I'm co-signing this. Well, they got to understand, also, we're just having a discussion as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we're looking at it from both um, realms of the spectrum. You know, we're looking at it like we know the legalities of, you know, you know, you shouldn't have done that, son. But <laughs> at the same time, man, we are giving, you know, analysis on, you know, um, our, our thoughts on every situation that we in. So, of course, don't think, like you say, we condone it or we uh, hope the, you know, the, the, the killer get away. No, nah, that's not what we're doing. But at the same time, you know, I am going to give a, 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 a answer towards, well, damn, he could have did this better and, you know, than that. You know what I mean? So, 
Yeah. And then also I come from the perspective where I work with defense attorneys. So a lot of my clients are charged with murder. Most of my clients are charged with murder or attempted murder. My job is to defend them. My job is to help the, our job is basically to give this client what the government said is his right, which is a vigorous, robust defense of all these allegations. So do, am I over here condoning violence? No, I'm doing what the constitution says that is right, is that a, a proper defense. You understand what I'm saying? Well, you know, it's funny because when I was coming up, you know, the term doctors and lawyers and you know, surgeons, and these were the things that you want to be in life, right? Then when I got a, l a little older, I, I started hearing, you know, okay, lawyers are the scum of the earth. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was like, hold on. Now I have to figure out why they feel that way. But like you say, here in America, at least, everybody has their right to a fair trial. Everybody has a right to a defense, you know, and, and that's just how it is. You know, if you have a great defense, that's better than what the prosecution is coming with, right or wrong, guilty or not. You know, that's how it, that's how it is in America. Yeah, because YNW Melly could end up calling me up one day um, and say, hey, um, I heard you real good with, um, you know, consulting defense attorneys. And if if I wanted to, I'll take his case. Right, right, right. And he has every right to a rigorous defense. And there's nothing wrong with that. Does that mean that I support double murder? Absolutely not. But it's just my job is to get in there and make sure he gets a fair trial and that he doesn't get railroaded and that everything is fair, you know? Well, you know, most time when people go to jail, and this is, uh, and this, this is nationwide and probably worldwide, when you see somebody on, on TV and they say this guy was charged with, oh, we arrested this guy for uh, any crime, the first thing people do is convict him on TV, convict him right there um, on TV in their own mind. You don't have no evidence, you know, you don't have, you know, uh, well, he was running from the police. Well, maybe when the police put him over, he was a mile from his house and he really needed to use the restroom or something. And you don't know, you know what I mean? But what we are easily, uh, we do easily convict people without knowing all the circumstances. So I think America itself can sit there and say we've all been guilty of that at some point. Yeah, man. But, um, you know, the, these two victims... Uh, they they definitely have a family that's mourning right now, and this is the tough part when you when you get hired to work on a murder case, and you go to court and you're with the defense and you're with the defense team, the family of the victims is sitting right over uh, there. No doubt, and I'm sure and they're looking at you. They're like, looking at Man. me, and and I'm looking at them, and I'm like, I, I feel terrible. Yeah. But at the same time, I got a job to do. Right, right, right. This guy might be innocent. Just might Maybe be. somebody else killed your son. No doubt. You know, so, yeah, it's tough. And I can understand that some, some criminal defense attorneys get a bad rap because they're defending, you know, people from the streets. No doubt, no doubt. But, hey, that's, that's the way our system is designed, and it, it works to me. As long as the, 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 the criminal justice system is fair, it works. I just had a trial up in, uh, up in the valley, and we got a hung jury. Mm. And I was I was hoping for a not guilty verdict. Right, right. I, I was usually I could feel when a not guilty verdict is coming. Mm -hmm. And when I left, when we finished that case, I smelled not guilty. Mm -hmm. Lori said, "Man, we got a hung jury. Nine not guilty, three guilty." Damn. That's so. Guess you what? You gotta go back again. Gotta go back and do Run the whole back. trial again. Now, do they switch juries? They do. They get okay, a whole new jury. Okay. okay. Gotta, you got to start from scratch. Damn. Whole new jury. That's exhausting. Whole new jury. Yeah, it's exhausting for the defendant, especially if he's in custody. That means he's got to sit in there for another, however long it takes right. to do another trial, you know. But yeah, um, so it may seem like I come off being, I guess, not sympathetic to the victims, but that is not the case at all, man. It's tough. You know, it, it's tough going into a courtroom and seeing the family over there. And there's some cases that I would never take. Like, for example... The guy who killed Nipsey Hussle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If Eric Holder's lawyer hit me up and was like, "Hey, help me with this case," I'd be like, "Nah, man, right, right, I ain't, right, I ain't right. touching that case." You well, know? no, you know what? There's morality involved in a whole lot of things. Self morality. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm not knocking the defendants that the lawyers that he do have because he's entitled to to the rights just like everybody else. 
But like you say, at the end of the day, it's just some stuff you don't touch, some Man, stuff you leave alone. Some that's stuff. a tough case right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. You know, even his attorney, he had Christopher Darden mm -hmm. as a defense attorney who used to be a prosecutor. Exactly. He prosecuted OJ and lost. No doubt, no doubt. But he's a criminal defense attorney. He's a good guy, too. I always bump into him in the courthouse. But he was uh, Eric Holder's <laughs> attorney at, in the beginning. But he quit. He said he was getting so much hate yeah. through, through um, his Facebook page. And so um, he ended up getting another lawyer. But, um, yeah, man, this trial's coming up real soon. It's probably going to start next week. The jury selection was postponed. It was supposed to happen last week. I don't know what's taking so long. But um, um, this famous rapper will find out his fate very shortly. I'm expecting, I think, a three-week or four-week trial after jury selection is completed. So um, we'll keep you guys updated with that. And I also wanted to... Um, Last week, I mentioned the, the top cities that tap in with us, mm -hmm. but I wanted to talk about the, the countries that are tapping in with us because, you know, it's, it's amazing that people are tapping in with us from all over the world, um, you know, all over the country, of course, but they're tapping in from other countries. So these are the top countries that are, are tapping in with us right now. We got a we got a small group of listeners in Iraq. Oh wow! <laughs> right there in the Middle East, yeah. uh, uh, right next to uh, Iraq is right next to Iran. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In fact, I think Iraq, I think Iraq um, is where the Garden of Eden was at, where Adam and Eve right, lived. Right, right, right. Where uh, it's present day Iraq? For those who um, believe in that, in the uh, in the scriptures, uh, oh, that, okay, that would be Iraq. Because in the scriptures, it talks about the rivers mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. flowed into the Garden of Eden. It mentions the Tigris River, mm -hmm. the Euphrates, Euphrates River. River. Yeah, those are real rivers. Yeah, I didn't know that for for, for years later. Yeah, so I didn't know those are actual rivers. A lot of people think the Garden of Eden is in Africa. I'm like, it can't be in Africa. If you read the Genesis, the, it gives you the rivers. Yeah, go on yeah. a map. It's a, it ends up in, being in Iraq. So we got some people tapping in from a country called Montenegro. I uh, don't know a lot about that country, Montenegro. Uh, Sweden, up there in uh, Northern Europe. Right, right. It's one of the whitest places you in can the go. World. Yeah, all right, Sweden. <laughs> yeah, Keep Sweden. tapping in, man. Uh, Russia. Uh, we got some dudes tapping in from Russia. And then um, Romania, mm -hmm. the Netherlands, Japan. And the top three countries that are tapping in is, would be Canada, Australia, and the UK. Cool, cool. But what's crazy about this list of international listeners and viewers, if you're watching us online, is that these are mostly white countries, with the exception of Iraq, Iraq is and, and Japan. And Japan, yeah. Yeah, these are mostly white countries tapping in and listening to what we got to say. <laughs> no, but that's cool. Hey, you know, we welcome it. We welcome all. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm a little disappointed that we don't get to tap in with countries, um, you know, that are in Africa and in South America, and I believe the reason is is because a lot of people don't even have access to the internet still. Right, right, right. There's a lot of poor folks in a these lot countries. Of poor folks and some of them, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely uh, excited to, to see that we got people listening from all these different countries from around the globe. So um, on that note, man, we might have to just wrap up this, uh, this episode of Streets and Scholars, man. Any final thoughts, man? Uh, no, nah, man, you know, I just, um, I'm definitely be checking out the, um, the Y, is it YNW? YNW yeah, Melly. YNW Melly to see how that trial comes out. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in seeing some of the evidence that the prosecutor comes up with. Just, you know, just, you know, I like stuff like that, you know. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to have cameras in the court. Yeah, um, no I'm, tell. I'm not sure about that. I'll find out if they're going to have cameras in the court. And then lastly... Um, you got your shirts. We talked about them last week. Let's let's talk about them real quick one more time. You got your FG Unleashed shirts right I here. I got the FG Unleashed shirts, man. You know what I mean? You guys tune in to FG Unleashed on YouTube. Um, got a few good things going over there. Y'all tap in. Make sure you subscribe. Check out the videos. Watch the like button. Uh, hit the like button. Um, I'm also on Instagram at FGeneral1. And uh, tap in with me, man, and I uh, appreciate it. So if they wanted to get one, what's the easiest way? The easiest way is they can, um, right now, you could DM me, and uh, we could get a Cash App or a Zelle, and I have it shipped out ASAP to them. What's your Cash App? Uh, cash App is, F -G, uh, uh, you know, the dollar sign, F-G Thornton, T-H-O-R-N-T-O-N. And um, send me an address, and I'll have them in the mail within the next day or two. So you have your, um, is your Cash App 
on your YouTube account for people who didn't get that? Yes, it is. It is on my YouTube account. You can tap in the FG Unleashed and you'll see my cash app, FG Thornton. And uh, like I say, make sure you do leave a name, an address, and if it's an apartment or anything, apartment number, and I'll make sure I get them right out to you. I appreciate you guys. Definitely, man. And anyone that's trying to reach out to me, I'm at AlexAlonso101, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And definitely tap in on the podcast platforms. I don't know if uh, you're listening either on Spotify, Google, Apple. Uh, follow us on all those platforms, whatever platform you're listening. And also, if you're on Apple, leave us a rating and a review so that uh, we could read those and perhaps respond to them on the air. And on that note, that wraps up another episode of Streets and Scholars. Thanks for tapping in.